0: yo 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 it's your boy dolo j and welcome back to another installment of the late night grind basically like a little rapid fire discussion where i talk about the nba games in which you know that i watched today and that transpired today and today was tuesday well it's wednesday now that i'm recording 1:57 a.m Eastern standard time but yeah man another game another night of bangers the season tournament you know being played on tuesdays and fridays And uh, tonight, the two games that I saw that came on TNT tonight were the Heat and the Bucks, and the Kings and Warriors. And I really liked that both games, in my opinion, both games were bangers. I kind of, you know, everybody's going to say the Kings and the Warriors game was better given the fact that it was more close. It was closer towards the end of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But me, both games were bangers and both games were much watched. So if you didn't watch them and you have NBA League Pass, and no, I'm not sponsored by NBA League Pass, I'm just saying if you have NBA lead pass, go back and watch both of those games, man, because both, because all four of those teams were battling. It was a lot of lines, 500K on the line. So, you know what I'm saying? Nobody's going to just lay down and, you know, just take an L. You feel me? So, yeah, first game we're going to talk about is the Heat and Bucks. The Bucks end up winning 131 to 124. Uh, the Heat had a lead at halftime of three. It was 62 to 59. Giannis had 13 points in the first half. Dame had 13 points in the first half. Bam had 15 in the first half. Kyle Lowry had 10. Now, Giannis ended up with 33. Dame ended up with 31. Bam ended up with 31. Kyle Lowry ended up with 21. Josh Richardson ended up with 20, and Jaime Jaquez, the rookie out of UCLA, ended up with 14. Now, staying right there, the rookie. Let's stay on the rookie right now. I really like his game. Like he's not scared. He does a little things well. He got a couple putbacks, playing hard. It was a couple times they put the ball in his hands when Damian Lillard was guarding them, trusting them to make some plays down the stretch. Um, of course, he's a rookie, so he's going to make some mistakes. But giving him that type of experience early in his career is going to set him up to be a key player. Not I don't know if he's going to be a star player, but just be for, you know, right now, a key role player in what the Heat are trying to do. And they do also have to try, you know, figure the future. and Possibly him and Bam could be the future of the team. Uh, but the Bucks, I believe, went up uh About 13 points around in the first half for sure. Like I said, the Heat went on a little run in the second quarter to, you know, take a three point lead. Kyle Lowry was hitting his shots. And something that Reggie Miller alluded to basically in the broadcast, because it was him, Kevin Harlem, and Shaq. I really like Shaq calling the games. I like Shaq calling the games. It brings a sense of humor to it, a sense of fun. But also, you know, he's serious and he was going at the reps, naming the reps by name and number and stuff like that. And it was just hilarious. Shaq's a, Shaq's a hilarious guy. You know what I'm saying? Shaq's a hilarious guy. So, you know, shout out to Shaq. Shout out to Reggie Miller. Shout out Kel Harlem, Kevin Harlem. Excuse me. But, uh, yeah, the Bucks looked good. The game was real back and forth in the second half. Kyle Lowry. Finish it with 21 points. It's something that really kind of stood out to me as far as the Heat were concerned because they played without Jimmy Butler and they played without Tyler Hero. And the fact that the game was as competitive as it was really goes to show what Heat culture is all about. Next man up. No excuses. We're going to come out here. We're going to play hard. We're going to try and win regardless of who we have. We can have five guys starting off the bench. and We're still going out here to win the game. You know what I'm saying? We're not going to lay down to nobody. I believe that's what the epitome of what Heat culture is, man. But, yeah, the bucks they're finally starting to put it together, in my opinion. Dame is still, you know, closing the games out, making the right plays. Giannis is still, you know, doing his thing. Brooke Lopez, he got into foul trouble and didn't really, you know, get to see the floor as much as he wanted to. But he got a, a, a key slam um, late. I believe it was off a pass from Damian Lillard. And Chris Middleton, he's starting to, you know, get his groove back a little bit, in my opinion, because Chris Middleton, was the closer before Dane came. And Reggie Miller said this the Bucks might actually have two closers. Just take a t- take a second to harp on that. A team of Milwaukee's caliber having two potential closers. We already know who the top guy is. It's probably most likely going to be Dame. Um but Chris Milton also has the ability to close out games. He did it a lot, you know, during their uh playoff runs, especially when they were um when they won the NBA championship. Now Giannis did do his thing in game six, I believe, putting up 50. And, you know, he was the close of that game. But for the majority of the playoff run, Giannis would do his thing throughout the first three and a half, three and three quarters of the game. And then Chris Milton in crunch time came and took over. But now I believe that spot belongs to Dane. But Chris Milton could be a good, not necessarily second option to close the game. I'm just going to say 1B, 1B. But shout out to the Miami Heat. The Bucks move on and end up playing the Knicks in the quarterfinals. And let's move on to the second game, man. So the second game, the best game of the night. They saved the be- they saved the best for last. The Kings beat the Warriors 124 to 123. The Warriors were up 20, 21 points in the first half, in my opinion. Not in my opinion, but uh I believe it was somewhere around there it may they may have even went up maybe possibly like 23 points or something like that but curry finished the game with 29 points wiggins finished the game with 29 points and clay finished the game with 20 points as far as the warriors are concerned fox ended the game with 29 points herder and monk both poured in 21 apiece now this game in the first quarter it really looked like the warriors were going to you know come out and just basically you know beat the you know win by the margin of victory that they had to win um In order for the Warriors to advance, they had to win the game by 12 or more points. And the Kings, for the Kings to advance, they had to, if they lost, it had to be 11 or less. But if they lost, they would end up having to play at the Pelicans. But if they won, in which what they did, they get the home game. So now the Pelicans come to play them in the quarterfinal game. So, you know, they get to rest up and, you know, play another game at home, which is pretty, pretty cool in my opinion. Now... Speaking and just harping on the point differential as, you know, by itself, uh, I believe I've seen something where Jason Tatum said, you, you know, he doesn't really like the point differential side of it. Basically, teams trying to run up the score on other teams, you know, because it's an unwritten rule in basketball. You know, if you were up by a certain amount of points, you don't try and run up the score on your opponent. And. That's just that's just something that I don't believe the players really like too much as far as that aspect of the in-season tournament. But I believe the 500K, the competitiveness, the chippiness, you know, it feels like playoff basketball early in the season. Teams are not trying to lose. Everybody wants an extra 500K. You know what I'm saying? You got guys who are millionaires. You even have a guy like LeBron who's, you know, a billionaire saying, oh, yeah, I need that extra 500K. I need that. I want that. It's a, you know, incentive for teams early to play hard and it gives the fans, you know, more competitive games early on in the season, as opposed to maybe waiting till like March, maybe even April, you know what I'm saying? Around, even like after All-Star break or maybe, you know, playoff time to wait for competitive basketball. It gives some of the fans, it gives the fans something to tune into basically early on in the season, man. But the Warriors, their Achilles heels, And what the Achilles' heels have always been, turnovers and fouling. The King shot, I believe, 20 free throws in one quarter, in the third quarter. Just, you know, take a second to think about that. 20 free throws in the third quarter alone, which helped steamroll their comeback. Also, another thing that, you know, went against the Warriors is the injuries to Gary Payton II and Chris Paul. I believe Chris Paul had some type of lower leg injury. I don't know if it was like an ankle or a heel or something like that. But it just said a lower leg injury. It could be a shin or something like that. And then Gary Perry in the second went out in the third. It looked like he strained his calf muscle, maybe possibly even pulled it. Um, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to assume anything or try and diagnose anything. But that really... Hurt the Warriors. They were already running a tight rotation as it is. I believe they had maybe like an eight, nine-man rotation. And the Kings, they just opened up their roster. They had no Keegan Murray. I do not know why Keegan Murray didn't play. I do not know what his injury is. I believe the last time I watched the Kings, he did injure his ribs. So, I I believe it's possibly something to do with that. But, yeah, man, it, it was just, it was just, whew. Heartbreaking for the Warriors, have a chance to move on in the tournament, and they didn't. And in the fourth quarter, they were going back and forth, back and forth. And you know, it's real, it's real good for the Kings, you know, to get some type of revenge. They got put out by the Warriors. They lost the previous two means to the Warriors this season already. Especially the Warriors have, you know, been able to beat the Kings on the road. But both teams have been able to play in other teams building extremely well the Warriors and the Kings is like playing that friend that you always grew up playing basketball with. It's like, you both know what each other's trying to do. Your games are similar. The way you go about the game is similar, but you know, it's just whoever, it's just whoever wants it more at the end or whoever makes the least amount of mistakes. That's what the Warriors and Kings rivalry in quotations, you know, that's how I look at it. But, um, Malik Monk came down, came up big in the stretch. I believe he scored the last five points for the Kings. He ended up hitting the game-winning, kind of push floater shot. I think it was about seven, seven point five seconds left. Now the Warriors played the last two minutes and fifty seconds of the game with no timeout. Um, Steph Curry was called uh, for an offensive foul on the three in which he kicked his leg out. I believe he was trying to shoot over two guys, and um. It just looked very difficult, man. Very, very difficult. Um, But, yeah, the Kings, man. Oh, another guy that I want to point out. You know, not really the best player on the Kings and probably a guy that's not going to get a lot of recognition unless you keep up with uh, Euro League and European basketball. Sasha Vizikov was having himself a heck of a game. Um, He was blocking shots, hitting threes. You know what I'm saying? Making plays, playing hard on defense, trapping hard, and you know, over there in Euroleague, which I, I wouldn't say I really immerse myself in it, but you know, around the FIBA, around the FIBA tournament, you know, it was something I started to look into, and I really like Euroleague. I need to figure out how to watch some Euroleague games. I believe it's an app, but um, once I figure that out, all my people who you know in Europe who listen in Europe or you know, really like like Euroleague we'll figure that out and we'll you know what i'm saying we'll we'll talk about some games man but yeah man <sighs> Sasha Fizinkov I believe he was the EuroLeague MVP for the last two seasons I believe he was a champion not the season that just transpired but the season before that but uh yeah he was a heck of a player and it really speaks to um Speaks to Mike Brown to be willing to, you know, not just look in America for good players, but also be able to look around the world for good players. Because I believe it's a couple players that, you know, that could come over from Europe. I'm not necessarily, you know, everybody's not going to be a Jokic or Giannis or, you know what I'm saying, Luka or something like that, but... It's still some good players out there who can, you know, not necessarily make a name for themselves in the NBA, but you know, can come out and help an NBA team out. And Sasha really, really did that. Blocks, blocked the, uh, a layup by Steph Curry that could have given them the, that could have, you know, spread it out the margin of victory for them. And the, the, oh, I'm drawing a blank here. I Apologize. And the just overall will to win for the Kings, because like I said, if the Kings would have lost by 12 or more they're out now if they would have lost by 11 or less you know they would have been the wild card but they went for the win and home court events to play the pelicans so y'all need to tell me man how y'all feel about the N season tournament how do y'all feel about teams running up the score as far as point differential is concerned and uh I'm not going to end the episode yet, but y'all just let me know down in the comments below on Spotify. I always leave some questions down there or maybe a poll down there for y'all to go, Um, you know, just try and interact with me. I'm just trying to build a community where people just talk sports in general. I know right now I'm focusing more on basketball because I'm more of a basketball guy. Yes, I like football and stuff like that, but I'm not really as I want to say knowledgeable, but I'm not really as in tune with football as I am with basketball. But we have the final eight set up, Knicks versus the books, Celtics versus the Pacers in the east. That's the top four teams in the east. And then as the West is concerned, the Suns versus the Lakers and the Pelicans versus the Kings. So now just to talk about the NCAA tournament and who I believe is going to win each game. The Bucks have home court advantage, I believe, in their game against the Knicks. I really expect the Bucks to come out. And really just try and put a stamp and just try and put a complete game together. Not necessarily blow the Knicks out, but really just, you know, show teams that, yeah, we are we are the team that everybody thinks we are. We are a team that can, needs to be working with and needs to be feared in the East. Because right now, the only team, in my opinion, that's, neat, that's kind of feared, if any team is feared, is the Celtics. But um, no, Porzingis. Porzingis had an ankle injury. Drew Holiday came back in their game tonight. They ended up advancing in their game against the um, who did the Celtics play tonight? I believe they played the they played the Bulls and they won by like thirty. So they end up you know over jumping over the Magic as far as point differential is concerned. But I can really see the Bucks winning that game. And now the second game we're gonna talk about. It's the Celtics versus the Pacers. The Pacers have home court advantage this season. I really like what I've been seeing lately from Tyrese Halliburton, man. I really like. Now, the Pacers, they can't stop nobody to save their life now. They're not one of the best defensive teams, but they're going to try and outscore you. Tyrese Halliburton, I believe, is averaging anywhere from like 12 to 13, maybe even 14 assists a game this season. He's had multiple games where he's had 15-plus assists. It was one game. I believe the last tournament game they played when they played the Hawks where he had 20 points in the third quarter, ended up with 37 points total and also had 16 assists. So the Pacers are a really good team. Benedict Mathry and Miles Turner. I like Buddy Heald. You know, I like what Rick Carl got going on over there. But, you know, depending on who the Celtics have, it's going to be a real, real hard game for the Pacers, given the fact that you cannot stop nobody. But I'm going to take the Celtics over the Pacers. I wouldn't be shocked that the Pacers somehow pulled out a victory, given the fact they are going to be at home. And we all know the saying, bro, players play better at home. But, yeah, I could see the Celtics and the Bucs meeting possibly in the semifinals as far as the East is concerned as a chance to, you know. And I believe the top four teams go to Vegas, if I'm not mistaken. But let's move over to the west side. We have the Suns versus the Lakers and the Pelicans and the Kings. Um, As far as the Suns and the Lakers go we have yet to see Bradley Beal play we have yet to see the big three play together Bradley Beal Devin Booker and Kevin Durant but when we see two any two of the three players together it seems that the Suns you know are still a scary team to beat so if they could come back be healthy Beal can get over his I believe he has a back injury if I'm not mistaken. And if he can, you know, just put it together. The Suns can be a scary team. We already know who the Nuggets we already know the Nuggets are the team to be in the NBA. They are the champions, the defending champions. And everybody believes they are the front runners to do it again. We have to see what happens with Jamal Murray. I believe Jokic also had a lower back injury, which kept him out of the last game against my Clippers. Yep. So make sure you go listen to Late Night Grind episode two that I dropped, you know, last night. Make sure you go check that out when I was talking about that game. But as far as the Suns versus the Lakers, it's really hard for me to pick, man. It's really hard for me to pick. But I'm going to go with the Suns, man. I'm going to go with the Suns on that one. I'm going to go with the Suns on that one. And the second game, as far as the West is concerned, quarterfinals, Pelicans versus the Kings, I'm going to take the Kings, given the fact of what i seen them do tonight. Down 21, Malik Monk, De'Aaron Fox. Sabonis needs to step it up some more. Um... It's going to be real interesting to see when Keegan Murray comes back, if he, you know what I'm saying, when and if Keegan Murray comes back. And, you know, how does he play? Um, You know, does he play in this game? Do they just wait until after the whole season tournament is over with to bring Keegan Murray back? I do not know the injury. I want to say it's his ribs, but I do not know the extent of the injury. But I'm going to take the Kings in that one. So as far as, like, the Suns and the Kings, I believe are going to be on the quarterfinal side. As far as the uh, NCAA tournament goes on the west side, now the Pelicans. I I wouldn't necessarily sleep on the Pelicans. Um, what version of the Pelicans are you getting? Is it are you going to get a uh, aggressive Zion, aggressive Brandon Ingram, Valanciunas doing this thing, um, Herbert Jones doing this thing? What version of the Pelicans are we going to see? They also have another guy. Um. I can't think of his name they have a young guy though he's a shooter like, he is a shooter he kind of reminds me of justin strather on the nuggets A young guy i think his name is jordan it's jordan something excuse me i'm kind of half sleep trying to do this you know i got to get y'all this content man but yeah i believe it's going to be bucks and celtics east and then Suns and kings on the west now as far as the celtics and bucks go I'm going to take the Celtics. I believe the Celtics are going to find a way to come out of the east portion of the in season tournament. And I think the Suns are going to come out the – I believe the Suns, depending on who plays, depending on who plays and how well they play, I believe the Suns could come out of the West. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the Kings, like I said, given the fact of how they played the Warriors tonight, down 20, 21 points. But I really think it's going to be the Suns. And the Celtics to um basically, you know, come out of the East, come out of the West. And to be honest, I feel like the Celtics have a good shot of winning the whole thing. Now, if the Bucks come out, I wouldn't be surprised. Even if the Pacers come out, I wouldn't be surprised. But to me, I believe the Celtics, given the fact of they still have four, they have six really starters. That's what they said. Porzingis, Al Horford, Jalen Brown, Jarrett Wright. Drew Holiday, Jason Taylor. They have six starters. Um, and the Celtics, like I said earlier, did their thing tonight like against the Bulls. I'm really, I'm really, if you're a Bulls fan, I'm really, 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 really sorry. But in my opinion, like I said maybe three, four times earlier, I believe the Celtics are going to come out of the whole thing and win the whole in-season tournament. Get that 500K, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say they're going to take a, they're going to coast after that. Because I believe seeding still is going to matter to them versus when they, you know, eventually win and if they meet the Bucks in the playoffs. So I believe they're going to still try and keep their foot on the gas pedal to some extent. But at the same time, I don't think they're going to go as hard as they're going now. So this has been your boy Dolochay. This has been the third installment of the late night grind. And like I say, y'all know what we do and how we do. So without further ado. I'll catch y'all next time, man. Peace.